Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. One of our shorter, more pithy prayers. That prayer was written by Servant of God, Don Dolindo Rutolo. He was a priest oh, back probably about 80, 90 years ago. In uh, Naples, Italy, he lived, and uh, I stumbled upon a book he put together called A Month with Mary, and I'm on day 26 of this book. It's wonderful. Um, it's Daily Meditations for a Profound Reform of Heart in the School of Mary. I mean, this is right up your alley if you're listening, because you're listening to Radio Maria, so you must have some devotion to her, to your Blessed Mother. He had a tremendous love of her, and Jesus spoke to him uh, directly in apparitions and locutions. This man, it's, he's very unknown in America for some reason, but was he is a saint. Um, he wrote this Surrender Novena, so if you want to surrender your life to God, and you know, surrendering is is letting go. It's letting go to God. So he can work through you and use you and form you into the saint you were created to be. He spiritual directed, he was the director of Padre Pio. Imagine the man who directed Padre Pio. Like this guy is the bomb. He, uh, and Padre Pio once said about him that, uh, he said, Padre Delindo, the whole of paradise is in your soul. What a compliment. I mean, I don't think you can say a greater compliment to somebody than that. And to come, coming from St. Pio, of all people. So quite the powerhouse. Uh, I just ordered about 100 of these books for our library, our bookstore here at St. Catherine's. And we'll probably be giving these away at our, ne our next uh, Maria Thought, because it's that good. It's It's an easy thing. It takes about... 10 minutes a day. I'm going to read to you today's meditation. It was powerful, powerful, powerful. So today, day uh, 20, I just finished day 26. So here's what 26 was. This is Jesus speaking directly to him. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood will have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. He who feeds on me lives because of me. Your fathers ate manna and died, but he who feeds on me will not die. I am the bread of life come down from heaven. Here are the words with which I prepared faithful souls for the great mystery of love. Here is the meaning and the nature of this great sacrament of life. The human soul in contact with mine becomes transformed. It becomes one with me. It lives because of me. It becomes transformed not by an instantaneous miracle, but gradually and precisely in the same manner that physical life is supplied with food. Your soul too, my child, will be transformed into me. Don't be in a hurry to see yourself perfect all at once. The Eucharist does not burn sensibly. It was not instituted to give you superficial gratification, but to give you life. 
You must live from me, identify with me, abandon yourself to me, and hence you must experience your emptiness, your nothingness, your inertia in profound humiliation. Even material food is of itself effective in supplying life, even though it does not produce the same effects in all. One eats and visibly grows because the body assimilates the food well. Another eats, and with the nourishment comes the strength to avoid an illness, to prevent a collapse, to expel noxious or infected germs from the organism. To these, food might seem unnecessary, but it is not so. I will change you completely, but I will not do violence to your nature. I will penetrate into you gently and virtually without making you aware. Do not tire of me. Always come to me. Never stop seeking me, because in me you will find life. And then uh, his response was, Oh, my Jesus, you know my misery well, and you know that I am only nothingness. Here is my soul. I place it in your hands. Transform me. Bread of life, give me the life that will reinvigorate me in you. Bread of love, set me on fire with that love which annihilates in me what is mine and fills me with what is yours. O sacramental Jesus, transform me into yourself. That's just one day. There's about 10 nuggets in there. You could spend an hour in adoration contemplating. Uh, just a brilliant, brilliant uh, masterpiece of work. And the fruit of this will be that you will be able to surrender. For those who have difficulty surrendering, because we're all a bunch of control freaks when it comes right down to it, this will help you. This will help you. He, um, the people who knew him, so actually he died in 1970, 1882 to 1970. So he really was around exact time as Padre Pio, almost to the year. Um, he had the stigmata. He was a miracle worker. And everyone that knew him called him the mouthpiece of the Holy Spirit. He had these extraordinary communications with Jesus throughout his entire life. And his life was totally devoted to God and to Mother Mary. And he referred to himself as the little Madonna's, uh, the Madonna's little old man. And the rosary was his constant companion. Uh, we need the Holy Spirit so desperately. And uh, the novena that he wrote, that Jesus dictated to him, uh, it flies in the face of normal human inclination and reason. And we can only rise to the level of thinking in this novena uh, through the grace of God and the help of the Holy Spirit. Because as you can tell from this, you know, not, there's not a lot of people out there today who would um, embrace our nothingness and our inertia in profound humiliation. That's Those are not in vogue right now. Um, you don't hear a lot about that in Hollywood. Nobody's talking about these things. So uh, this is going to be a, a particular grace of the Holy Spirit to help you to surrender. And we have to let go of our problems. We have to stop worrying and trying to resolve them ourselves. This, this is not what Jesus wanted. He wanted us to surrender everything over to him. So we have to believe, we have to trust, we have to allow the Lord to rescue us from ourselves and to supply our needs with his power, with his grace, with his resources, and, and resolve our problems as only he can resolve them. 
if you think you, you have a better plan than Jesus, you're wrong. <laughs> you simply don't understand. He always has the better way. And uh, often we, we haven't thought of it. We exhaust ourselves sometimes trying to resolve problems, uh, mulling things over in our heads over and over and over, flip-flopping, what, what if I do this? What if I do that? Just stop. Just stop and give it over to Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Take care of everything. Um, let's see. He died on November 19th, 1970. For those of you who are numbers people, uh, he was 88 years old. And his name Dolindo literally means pain, and his life was full of pain. Uh, as a child, as a teenager, as a seminarian, as a priest, he experienced great humiliation, which was the realization of uh, prophetic words of a bishop who told him, you will be a martyr, but in your heart, not with your blood. So clearly this man had, you know, very interesting people around him, even when he was young that had prophecies over him. He also was quite the prophet. Um, it was in his great humility that he uh, was able to hear God speaking to him constantly. And uh, he wrote um, Bishop Halinka as a Polish bishop in 1965. He said, a new John will rise out of Poland with heroic steps to break the chains beyond the boundaries imposed by the communist tyranny. And on a postcard, he wrote these words of consolation for Poland and to all the countries suffering under the communist regime. And of course, that prophecy was realized in the papacy of John Paul II, Carol Wotia. Um, and something about his suffering, you know, the more he suffered, the more he became like a little child. And the more he lived his self-offering to our divine father in heaven. Everything was offered to the father, which is where he knew the power of the cross uh, deeply. And he would constantly say, I am a totally poor, a poor nothing. My strength is my prayer. My leader is the will of God, which I let take me by the hand. And my security over the uneven path is the heavenly mother, Mary. So if you don't know this about this person, I hope this will encourage you to look into him a little more. So Father Dolindo Rutolo, R-U-O-T-O-L-O. -O. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of a little bit obsessed with him at this point. I, just love, I love stumbling upon a saint or teaching I've never heard. And it's just a wellspring that opens up um, a new door to new graces that I had not yet discovered. And these graces to surrender are um, particularly needed in these days we live in, right? Just think of COVID. You know, that wasn't that long ago. It was just a couple of years. Uh, and this, I still see people wearing – I saw someone just recently <laughs> driving down the street with the windows rolled up alone in their vehicle with a mask on still like I don't get it, but it, I'm, I'm not, you know, if you want to wear a mask, it's your business, but I, I don't see the, I feel like it's hurting people and they don't know it because it does inhibit your breathing. But anyway, and you're taking all this fabric into your lungs over time. Uh, but think of this about COVID. 
all the worries people had and the, the prayer that I just read to you, his little short pithy prayer. So first reaction from COVID, oh, will my loved ones be okay? Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Will I be able to make ends meet if this gets worse and I can't work? Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Is health insurance going to provide for this? Jesus, I surrender to you. Take care of everything. Will the important events of my life, the birthdays, the, the, the anniversaries, will these be rescheduled? Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Will I have enough patience to stay home during these long weeks and months? Jesus, I surrender to you, myself to you. Take care of everything. When is mass going to start again? Jesus, I surrender to you. Take care of everything. Will the coronavirus ever go away? Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. And on and on and on. You can apply this to everything in your life. What a wonderful gift. All right, I'm, I'm probably going to come back to him at some point because I feel like there's a whole um, depth and wealth that I haven't tapped into about this man. I'm going to see if I can find a biography that's in English and pour through it. All right, so today, if you've been to Mass, uh, uh, this is a very interesting gospel today. Uh, it was from, um, oh, I think it was Matthew, I believe. And... You know, we get very comfortable hearing these readings day in and day, particularly if you're a daily communicant and you go to Mass every day. It's very easy to be lulled into a state of passivity. So easy. You must, we have to be intentional when we go to Mass. We have to be awake, alert, alive, listening, and really listening to the words. Because I'm I, listening to the words this morning of the deacon proclaim this gospel over the people, and there was barely a blink of like questioning what was being said. And it was a powerful message. Uh, one of the most powerful messages Jesus has ever proclaimed. So listen to what he said. Jesus said to his apostles, as you go, make this proclamation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. Without cost you have received. Without cost you are to give. Do not take gold or silver or copper for your belts, no sack for the journey or a second tunic or sandals or walking stick. The laborer deserves the laborer deserves his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, look for a worthy person in it and stay there until you leave. As you enter a house, wish it peace. If the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. If not, let your peace return to you. Whoever will not receive you or listen to your words, go outside that house or town and shake the dust from your feet. Amen, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. Did you just hear that? This message, what he's saying is, when the gospel of Jesus Christ is proclaimed to a person, a house or a town, and it's rejected, it will be worse for that person, house, or town on the day of judgment than it is for Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, when Jesus throws around Sodom and Gomorrah, this is the biggest and power, most powerful benchmark of destruction and death he can use. Everybody in all of Israel knew Sodom and Gomorrah was total annihilation and death. So you can't get a bigger metaphor than to throw out Sodom and Gomorrah. 
So what he's saying is, if the message is proclaimed and it's rejected, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that person, that town, that house. Why is that? Because Sodom and Gomorrah didn't have the benefit of the gospel. This is pre-Jesus. Jesus came, God incarnate. He shows us how to live. He gives us the message. He dies for us and he restores us to the Father. So for the people after Sodom and Gomorrah, for the people after Jesus is coming and going back to heaven, to, to whom much is given, much is required. So we have a much higher expectation from God because his very son came down and taught us how to think, look, act, behave, surrender, love, all of it. And so when we proclaim this message and it's rejected, oh, bad, bad things are coming. Now, this is why it's so important that we are a people who are not just working out our own path to heaven by embracing Jesus Christ and all he believed and worshiping him and worshiping the spirit and worshiping the father. Uh, this is, it's not enough. He's literally commanding us, go out and make this proclamation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let people know who I am and why I came. This is one of the primary reasons Radio Maria exists today is to get people to know and understand who Jesus Christ is, why he came, what he did, and what he expects from us. And as if it wasn't enough, he then sent his mother for 42 years daily, 42 years daily, to drive home the point that the, uh, the, the day is fast approaching when the judgment will come. Repent and believe the gospel. Repent and believe the gospel. Repent and believe the gospel. How many times has Our Lady said this? You must come back now to my son. You must come back now to my son. So if you add those days up, that's over 15,000 apparitions. 15,000 times Our Lady has come and said, please repent and come back to my son Jesus. Time is running out. So today... If you have family or friends who are far from God, it would be a good thing maybe to, at the end of this podcast, when it's post posted on the website, send this to them to let them know it is not okay to be neutral. Jesus said, you're either with me or against me. There is no neutrality in this battle between heaven and hell. We must be a people proclaiming Jesus Christ and proclaiming what he did, why he did it, and what's at stake here. We're talking about souls either eternal glory in heaven or eternal damnation in hell. So he gives his disciples this very uh, important and twofold commission to speak in his name and act with his power. Is the church doing that today? I see glimmers of it. I see glimmers of it. Speaking in his name, acting in his power. It's hard. It's hard to measure sometimes. Uh, there's definitely places where you don't see it. So that's sad. Um, but the core of the gospel message is very clear. The kingdom of God is imminent. It's here. It's upon us. Um, and what is that kingdom of God? It's a society of men and women who freely submit to God and who honor him as their Lord and King. That's it. If you submit to God and love him and honor him, you're going to do what he asks us to do, right? Starting with the Ten Commandments all the way down to the little moments in life every day. 
Could I reach out and lend a helping hand to this person? Could I give a kind word to the checkout girl? Can I, all these little things. It's, it's not just the commandments, it's everything. And you know, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we pray for God to reign in our lives and in our world. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. The angels and saints in heaven, they respond to a command of the Lord immediately, completely, and joyfully. That's how we're supposed to be responding to God and his commands. Immediately, completely, joyfully. So we, we, this is why we need to be surrendered to God, so we can do these things uh, the way the angels and saints are doing them in heaven. So he's also calling us to bring the healing power and mercy of the gospel to the weary and the oppressed. And I would say we're living in a time that has tremendous weariness, tremendous oppression. I get emails every day. I can't even keep up. Some days it's 20, 30 emails. I can only respond to so many people with the limited time I have in a day. So if you're waiting for me to respond, it's coming. It just may take a little time. That Michael Knowles interview, God bless it, it's touching so many hearts. But when three and a half million people are touched and they all start reaching out for uh, answers to questions, uh, there's only so much I can do. I know Michael Knowles is getting the same response on his end. But the good news is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people are coming back to the church or entering the church for the first time. I can't tell you how many people I've directed to call this parish near you and ask to be enrolled in the uh, RCIA program. And they're doing it. I just had this one young man from Switzerland here this past week who wanted to meet with me, and he's going to go home and he's going to begin RCAA in his parish in Switzerland. So praise the Lord. This is all the work of the Holy Spirit. It's only by the Spirit that these things happen. Now, uh, to, in that vein of bringing the healing to people, it's through God's grace. It's through God's power. Um, the gospel has the power to set people free from sin, from sickness, from fear, from depression, despair, oppression, all of it. It has that power. And so we need to share that with people. Why wouldn't we want to share this with everybody and have everybody being set free? What a world it would be if everybody could be set free from just, just the fear alone would be make a, a phenomenal change throughout creation. And the other point Jesus is making is, you know, you have to do this freely you received it freely, so now you have to give it freely. This is a command. Again, it's not a suggestion. So what we've received from Jesus, we now have to pass on to others without expecting a favor in return, without expecting some kind of uh, gift or payment. And we really have to give our full attention to proclaiming God's kingdom to the people around us. It's not like an add-on. It should be the primary mission of our life in everything we do. So as we move through life, the way we do things, you know, with great uh, care and concern, um, giving it our all, not doing it, you know, halfway, fully, completely, joyfully, that sends a message to people that we care. It sends a message that we really care. And when we do this out of the generosity of our heart, um, it's this poverty of spirit that frees us from greed and preoccupation with possessions. This is why he told them, don't take a bunch of stuff with you. Just go on the mission. You know, one tunic. Just go. Uh, I remember when I was in Boston 
there was a great horrible storm one winter that I was living up there and they were saying, do not leave your homes for fear of death. It was so bad. And Father Tom said, we're going out, get your coat. And we went out and picked up homeless people for a couple of hours till we couldn't find any more. And he brought them back to his church, the Holy Rosary in Winthrop, Mass. And he turned up the heat. He got blankets. He went home and he made homemade meatballs and spaghetti and he fed them all. And then he prayed over them and said, do not leave till the storm is over. In the morning, I will make you breakfast. And he did. Well, that was the first time I saw ever saw a priest do something that was practical, you know, not not necessarily spiritual. I didn't know priests could do that because I've only ever seen priests be up before that, you know, doing um, liturgical things. So I was very confused and said, I didn't know priests could do this sort of thing. And he goes, of course, I, can, I can't minister to somebody if they're dead. I said, well, it makes sense, right? Um, but I said, you know, I don't see the other churches open. Why Why isn't every parish doing this right now? Why isn't every priest out looking for the homeless, looking for those who are in danger of dying tonight and bringing them to their church? And I'll never forget his answer. He said, you know, Danny, we have the gift of poverty in this parish. We're poor. We're not worried about our candlesticks being stolen. And so I, I'm not concerned uh, if people come here and they take something out of the church, you know, that, that would make me sad, but I would rather have them live than reject them from coming in. And I must say, um, there, there is a little bit that you can see how that would be a, a deterrent for many pastors. Ah, we have too many nice things here. I don't know if I want all these homeless people crawling all over our church. But the fact of the matter is, you know, Jesus dwells in everybody, particularly in the poor. What you do for the least of these, you do for me. That's what he said. So Father Tom had that one right. Dead on. Okay, so finally, he ends his instruction with this great warning. If people reject God's invitation and refuse his word, then they bring judgment and condemnation on themselves. Indifference will not be permitted. And that's the great fear I have today because there's so many people that say they're not even atheists anymore. That used to be the big thing. I'm an atheist. Now it's I'm agnostic. I don't, I don't care if God exists. It doesn't matter to me. Oh, my gosh. That's so offensive. That is so offensive because what they're saying is like I care so little about the one who created me that I don't I don't even care if he exists. Wow. That's it's it's. It's really unfathomable when you think about it. Uh, but And they think they're going to be okay. They think if I just leave God alone, he'll leave me alone. It doesn't work that way. He created you to love him and serve him in this life and forever in the next. And so when you're indifferent to God, what you're basically doing is sealing your fate in hell. And I know that's uh, something most people don't want to hear, but you need to hear it in this life before your judgment at the next because at your judgment, there's no wiggle room out of it. At least now you can make a change. You can decide, I'm going to do things differently. And in fact, when you do, you're given graces of peace and joy in your heart, where you can suddenly be a somewhat happy person, even when things aren't going your way. Uh, and wouldn't that be what everybody wants? But they've been duped. They've been duped by the devil, just like Eve and Adam. And they bought the lie that they don't need God and they're just going to be fine. I'm telling you today, mark the date. 
It is July 13th, 2023, 9.27 a.m. You are not going to be okay if you expel God from your life. Rethink that one before it's too late. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Father Dan, signing off.